One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Welcome back in to another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Brownmarkle. With me, as always, my faithful compatriot, Mike Anderson. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Doing well. Doing well? Yeah. Doing well. We just watched some Game of Thrones this weekend. Not not too bad of a weekend, you know. Had a little Easter. Yeah. Had that going on. Um, and then we're here surrounded by the enemy today, so kind of exactly like Winterfell, you know. You know, it's... What do you say about the enemy? I said I'm not looking at the enemy. Well, I mean, I kind of have to because most of the show we, we got uh, our good acquaintance um, James Donald here. Acquaintance, thanks. You know, well, it's hard for me to call you a friend when when you're in the context of a Packer. You know, if we're not in football talk, sure we're buddies, <laughs> but football talk, yeah, you're not really friends. Happy to be here with you, homers. It's great. You know, it's it's always good times. You know, we can talk about football with. Uh, with the other side and get their perspective on stuff and uh so we're here with our resident green bay fan james donald welcome to the podcast this is not your first time you've been on uh <clears> not so happy to be back happy to have you i guess um we'll find out by the end of this if we're actually really happy to have him but you know that's <laughs> where we're at so we had some off-season stuff going on we had some off-season acquisitions we're preparing for the draft which is in a couple days here mm. um shaping up to be a pretty exciting night so i figure what we do is we kind of break down a little bit of the uh you know around the nfc north kind of what's going on offseason acquisitions we can break down in the draft a little bit and then maybe take a look at the schedules kind of see what we're thinking you know who's going to rise at the top of the nfc north um i think there's two varying opinions in this room at what's going to happen there but uh, let's start off with offseason acquisitions detroit um Jesse James, tight end. That's about the only one that matters. Yeah, they didn't do a whole lot. I mean, it's Detroit, so <laughs> what are we really expecting at this point? It's, it's well, it's Detroit. <clears throat> yeah. So, fun fact. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won the division more recently than Detroit has. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Detroit does not have an NFC North win, <laughs> so and the last, last time they won a division long, was in the Central, and Tampa Bay has won it before more recently than they have. Ouch. So, just think about that. That's how far back this goes. I think that they split that in like 2004, something like that. So, if you're, if you're a Detroit fan, you know what? We kind of feel your pain, but, I mean, at this point, maybe just dissolve. I don't know. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. So that's that's Detroit, Chicago. Uh, didn't really do much. I think they lost. Um, they lost Amos right to Green Bay. Green Bay got Amos. Yeah, they were more of a more of a loss. They lost Fangio. I think is a huge loss for that team. So especially uh, coming off of the the huge defensive season they had last year, adding yeah. Max. So you couple those things together, they could look for could look like a very big uh, downtrend in in 2019. Mike, thoughts there in Chicago. Yeah, I, I would agree that I think the loss of Fangio is possibly the, the biggest one here. Um, you know, they signed uh, 
Uh, ha ha, Clinton Dix, I believe they brought in. <laughs> um, you know, a player that I think in the right system can still be a good player on a day to day basis. I believe they got Cordero's there now. Uh, correct. Yep, that's yep, that's true. So they it seems like they always have someone uh, that can play as an impact guy on on special teams. They also have Willie Beavers, uh, um, former yeah. fourth round pick from the Vikings. I believe the uh, Beaver. Mm-hmm. Did they get rid of end up getting rid of one of the running backs too? Um, I know they were they looking. There was rumors. yeah, they, they traded him to Philadelphia, they didn't they not? Okay, yep, to Philadelphia. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean it's my gonna only, be a, it's gonna be a little different team. My only question with the the way that they're going defensively is this coordinator runs a lot of single high safety, and if Haha is back there, um, there will be no top on that defense. He can go deep all night. He can't cover deep. He's in the box safety. So, so what you're saying is, is Diggs and Thielen should absolutely feast. And Metcalf. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. Uh, no, I, I think that uh, I think it it would be. And I know Bears fans are going to be saying, yeah, it's going to be the same team, same defense, you're going to return. But I think we've seen um, the impact that coaching changes have had, both both positive and negative. So, um, right. you know, I think it's going to be a little bit of a new look Bears team. Teams are going to adjust. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think it's fair to see a little bit of a regression coming. Just obviously the people in this room um, see improvements coming from two other teams in the division. Um, and actually, surprisingly, when you read about Detroit, people like the offseason that they had. So um, It's still Detroit. It, it is Detroit, still Detroit is going to find ways to Detroit. But it's it's not necessarily... I, I don't think Detroit is necessarily one of these teams that's going to be 3-13. and 13. You know, I, th- no, I think they're going to win a few games here and there. And But I, I'd be surprised if they got really far into the positive end of the, the win yeah, spectrum. Yeah, I'm not going to... I'm not a Detroit uh, fan here by any means. But I think that... Yeah, I, I would see a regression coming from from Chicago, especially we were talking before the show. I think their first pick is like 87 in the draft. Yeah, it's in the third round. Because they gave their first and their second? Yeah, they, they don't pick it till the third round. So No, that doesn't rule out any, any yeah. trade-ups, but at that point you're talking about you, trading away future capital for that, and they already have limited future capital after that trade. You, you can't um, trade up. They have a 3, 4, 5, and 2 sevens. Well, they're talking about future capital, so they could theoretically oh, trade like a future second, but I think the first has gone next year as well, right? So Yeah, it was the next two first round picks. Yeah, so they're, they're limited in what they can do, which I think that has a bigger impact than, than anyone's willing, willing to admit right now. Yeah. So that's, that's Chicago. Yep. Um, going to Green Bay here, giving the floor to... Mr. James Donald, um, what are you excited about for your off-season acquisitions? Honestly, so you got, I see so you got a list here. Kind of rare. I'm not used to this. We actually made some off-season acquisitions. Uh, Ted, Ted Thompson woke up. Uh, Theodore is no longer there. Uh, Gutenhurst. Um, yeah, that's right. He's it, this is the second draft, and uh, kind of annoyed with him last year because he actually had a pretty pretty decent draft. Yeah, and I think you could argue that the Packers had one of the better off-seasons, and that's not even coming from a, a homer perspective. They had a... A little bit of homer, but... A little bit. Go but on. I'm not, the, I'm not the lone person out there thinking that. They had they picked up four young people that were kind of coming into their prime, so I think... Um, uh, Billy Turner, though? Yeah. Anyway, we get to He's that. coming into his prime. I said four young people. Coming into uh, their prime. I think Smith and, and Amos will be big impact players, and... I agree with Amos. I, I was surprised that Chicago... Pretty much let him walk, but yeah. I think they might have been capped a little bit with what Khalil, what they got, uh, what they gave Khalil. Yeah, I mean, so. you look at any good, any defense, uh, solid defense in the NFL, and they almost all have 
at least one solid safety. So getting Amos, I think, could be huge. Um, I mean, you guys have Harry. Um, when Seattle was great, they had two good safeties. Um, the Chiefs' good defenses had Eric Berry. So, I mean, I think safety is huge, uh, especially with the pass-heavy league now. So Absolutely agree. Big addition there. Um, and Smith and Amos have a lot to prove. They're coming off good years. So. Which Smith? Smith and Smith. Because yeah, you have two Smiths. You have yeah. Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. Yeah, they're both coming up big years. So I think, I think Zadarius would be the better one coming out of the gate. But um, they'll both start. So. Well, you're paying them that kind of money. We'll see. I mean, Zadarius four years sixty six, and uh, Preston four years fifty two. I mean, you better hope that they're they're producing for you. And then you had Billy Turner. This is one where I was surprised he got this much. Honestly, Billy Turner, um, former NDSU guy. So I mean. He gets immediate props from me for being former NDSU, but this was a surprising contract to give him because I, I don't see how someone could project that much worth on him. But so I mean that was again like he's he's 27 I think coming into this year, so like he's he's a young guy and he's uh, he's got good football knowledge IQ, so like he's a, a student of the game, which is something that's good. So they can they have him kind of at two spots backing us up right now on the depth chart, so kind of filling at both, which. With our offensive injuries, like that's big. Other than Bakhtiari, we kind of rotate through a few people with injuries each year. So, is he better than Matt Khalil, though? Crickets. Yeah, says it all. So is that a yes or a no? <laughs> no. No, he's not better than Matt Khalil. No, You're in trouble. Then. No comment. I'm saying okay. on on the Matt Khalil. Mike, any comments on the Packers offseason there? <clears throat> um. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, they had money to spend. They spent it. Um, you know, a lot of fan bases uh, have have segments of fans that that is the the primary goal. I think we're seeing it here with a lot of people that um, I would say are not in the know for the Vikings. You know, we see people go like, "Oh, why aren't you going out and signing all these guys?" And it's like, "Well, we are making offers, but we're making strategic offers that make right. sense for this team." Now, Green Bay had money to spend. I think um, I saw a lot of B grades on most of these, which you know that means if they pan out, then it gets it's an A. Signing, especially for a team with Aaron Rodgers. Um, the one that I think for me, uh, Zadarius Smith, I think there's a lot of risk in that contract because you you have a player that is kind of coming off of what you know was a good. He's kind of a breakout year, if you will, um, and just to to give that much money. I mean, you're betting on that it's the real deal, and if it is, hey, you, you might hit a home run. Um, but if it's, you know, if it's not, um, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that could, you know, hinder you a little bit. I think that along the lines of Anthony Barr was a lot of, um, Barr had probably more consistency than, than Smith did, and we still have people that were nervous about giving Anthony Barr $13.5 million a year. So, no, I still am, too. Right. So, you know, those are the things where... But I think at the end of the day, I would be happy if I'm sitting uh, here in, in Jimmy's shoes because you had money to spend. You spent it. Right. You're improving your team. And you all, all your entire goal, we've talked about it for years, should be to give Rodgers the best chance to do what he does. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to him. And I think that, I don't know, you probably got to be happy with what they did so far. And, I mean, just looking at it contract-wise for those two guys, uh, Zadarius and Preston Smith, um, after 2019, they're, they're money positive if they cut if they cut them. So 
they aren't locked down to these guys no, for like for that. a long time. Um, I think some of their money becomes guaranteed third uh, day of the week year, which is pretty common. Sure. Um, but third for uh, I don't know about um, Preston, but for both well, both of them have uh, one of them has third day of the week year. Another one has March fifteenth. Both roster bonuses. Gotcha. Um, so it's just one of those things how, how they structure that just so they can get out of it easier. But um, the dead money only counts uh, prorated bonuses right now. So both of them are cash positive in 2020. If they end up not panning out, you can cut bait and get out of it. And you only paid them the signing bonus and then, uh, you know, a couple other million that was guaranteed. So, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you there. It's They had money to spend, and, and we said this for years, if Green Bay was actually competent in the off seasons, they should have at least five rings at this point. If you have Aaron Rodgers, a talent like that, a quarterback, there's no reason why he should only walk away with one ring in his entire, what, decade long that he's been there so far. So, so, in our opinion, and I'm sure you might agree with this to some extent, Jimmy, um, there's been some criminal mismanagement of that team that has led to them really not performing the way they should have for quite a long time. Yeah, I'll agree with that to an extent. And, and that's part of the reason I liked our offseason now is because you didn't spend $80 million on one player and that hinges on everything. You got two solid guys coming in, right. like Mike said, about B contracts. So even if one of them pans out, it's a successful offseason. Right. So you, you, you kind of didn't put all your eggs in one basket, so to say. Cast a wide net just to make sure you kind of uh, see what you can pull in. And, uh, and it's yeah. not like their draft. I mean, they, they both have been proven at the NFL level right. um, versus getting them in the draft. So we'll see. Exactly. So uh, you had a couple losses, too. So I think a couple um, of them matter more than the others. but I don't really think any of them are too big of a loss. It's been about five years overdue for Clay. And, and Cobb was a good team player. He had some good morale. But he was... He was always a, a speed guy, kind of like quick and shifty, and he was starting to lose that. And I saw him leaving much like I saw, um, blank on his name, went to Oakland. Um, uh, Jordy. Jordy Nelson, yep. Who's was now like, retired, so kind of after so. retirement to Jordy. Yeah, Jake Ryan, another loss. I don't think he was much more than a depth piece. Um, he was good on the rundowns, uh, kind of a liability in pass coverage, so... But with him leaving, it is definitely a draft need, which we'll get to later. Inside linebacker is kind of a weakness. Um, hopefully, Blake Martinez continues to blossom. But yep. yeah, overall, I, I would say we came out on top in the offseason. And I mean, that's that's one of those things where you just kind of you try to address address the needs you can mm-hmm. uh, as best you can, and you know, some of them you can't quite get to before draft season happens. Some of them you shore up as much as you can, so you're not absolutely locked in and taking. Um, such and such position, but you guys very made a, a pretty astute move last year's draft, and now you have two first round picks this year. Uh, yeah, twelve and thirty. So um, I, I'm kind of curious what they do with that. I mean, I'm used to the, the Ted Thompson days of drop back and add picks. So with with having a somewhat high draft pick, which have usually never gone great for us. I believe the last time we were up there, we drafted a lineman out of Tennessee who played like twelve games for us. So. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit off uh, off air, but. Yeah. Uh, um, we kind of figure they might take the pick at 12, make that pick, and then mm-hmm. possibly trade back from 30 into the high second round, pick up maybe a third and a fourth or something like that, um, just because a lot of teams might be wanting to move up to get a, a QB on a fifth-year option, kind of like the Vikings did with Teddy Bridgewater moving into 32. Yeah. Um, very similar situation where they want to move into that spot just to secure that fifth-year option that's kind of important with some of those guys. Yeah, I got a little bit more. We can talk about that, but... um. We can kind of get save that for our draft. Yeah, draft absolutely. Too, so. so that kind of wraps up the Green Bay guys. Unless there's anything else you want to add with that, um, kind yeah. of kind of milk toast the rest of it there. But 
Um, Minnesota, same reason. We're kind of in. Uh, we didn't have a ton going on. Kind of similar to, to Chicago because we're kind of locked in with the cap a little bit with this guy named Kirk Cousins. Better or worse, that's the situation we're in. Um, so let's talk about a couple of departures first that are going to matter. So Marcus Sherrill's is gone. He went to where did he go? New, uh, New Orleans. Orleans. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Trent, uh, not Trent Richardson. That would be that would be horrible if we had Trent Richardson. Um, Sheldon Richardson went to Cleveland. Which you did that's a nice third round comp pick next Richardson year. Richardson led the uh, whatever it was, yeah, in touchdowns. You mean the defunct AAF? Yeah, but yeah, nice. I think he was in double digit touchdowns. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. he might make a comeback. There's there's been some nice astute right. signings from there, but um, so Sheldon Richardson we lose that, so kind of need some interior help, um, which we kind of brought back with Shamar Stefan. brought him back, and I I believe a three year deal, that's somewhere around like. 12, 12 I think it was somewhere like that. 12 or 12.5. Um, so he spent one year, same with uh, Tom Johnson. They both spent one year out in Seattle, said, this sucks. Both ended up coming back to Minnesota. We didn't re-sign Tom Johnson yet. I believe his name is Sebastian. Sebastian Thunderbucket, yes. Um, that's true. Um, but, yeah, so Shamar Stefan's back in the building for three years. I kind of looked at this as kind of a stopgap um, because you kind of knew Sheldon was going to go away, and this gives you a little bit of flexibility. The, the deal is structured... Uh, actually pretty well where even in year two we can pretty much cut bait with it and leave um so year two there's there's only like 300k dead which is incredibly small so if we ended up drafting a dt that can take that place this year and ends up showing up well or if jewel johnson who we drafted i believe in 17 uh starts to turn out to be something you can cut bait with uh Shamar Stefan, and he's your guy. So I was very happy with this signing, kind of a low-key signing that doesn't make a lot of splashes, but one of those guys that makes a big difference in the interior. And yeah, There's still a couple unsigned free agents that are could be fill-ins. I know Muhammad Wilkerson's still out there. He's he's a guy I wouldn't hate the Packers. Sue back. is still out there. Yep. So, I mean, there's some guys, depending on the draft goes, that can definitely fill in on certain rosters for, yeah, for I, pretty low. I would expect at this point a lot of those guys that haven't signed yet they're not going to find a home until after the draft. Yes, yeah. teams are going to want to see where they're at, what fell to them, and then fill in the remaining or patch the remaining holes as best they can. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that too. Um, let's see what else we got. So, Anthony Barr was a departure to the Jets. Oh, wait, no, he wasn't. That was an interesting story. There's a couple articles out there I highly suggest you read. But uh, Anthony Barr coming back, taking less money to come back to the Vikings. Not something I expected. I was on this program several times expecting him to leave because he wanted a different role he wanted to maximize his earnings what are we talking about this mike i i mean i i think it's i mean i've been pretty straightforward on bar the entire time over the last few years i think it was a joke he made a pro bowl whatever it was three years ago two three years ago um we've seen ups and downs we've seen flashes of brilliance uh but then we've also see we've also seen him almost be like misused, if you will. Right. Um, you know, he's extremely athletic. He's extremely quick, and I'd like to see us use that a little bit more. And I think you will this year. I don't think you bring in a guy for that much money right. and to it, not use him to his strength. And maybe that was part of the conversation. There was he was actually still looking for a different role, and that was part of the negotiation. Like, I mean, I really like being here. I'm willing to take less, but you got to use me differently because. Because like you said, it feels like they're misusing him. Some of the disruption that he causes and some of the blitzes that he's in is just insane. 
Right. Like, get him doing that more. I don't know why we don't push that more. Well, it's not just that, but, I mean, he, he almost gets lost in coverage sometimes. Like, it's not a strong suit coverage for us. But it isn't necessarily a super weakness point. I wouldn't say that, but I'm saying, like, the majority of times he's in coverage, he sh- it should be closer to more down in the trenches and on those outside blitzes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, because, I mean, Rams burned us three times on that last year. Right. Because they, they caught us in a misalignment or whatever shift was missed or however personnel packages were, were wrong matching up there. He was on, was it Brandon Cooks, like three times? Yeah. I mean, two for sure. Gurley, yeah. Gurley was the one that, um, as well, I think that was bar too, you know. But but with, I, with the with the running back though, I mean, you got to expect a linebacker to bump out. Gurley's just kind of a another beast to right. right. Kinda, he kind of got him in no man's land, and it was uh, left or right, and he. I mean, it was a great throw, great routes. You can go yeah, read about that all you want. I mean, I sure. think Bar gets beat up a little bit more than he should on that specific I, game. You know, I, I would I would tend to agree because I think a lot of that was just scheming and and them yeah. doing some misdirection stuff to force us into that kind of a package and. I think we saw over the course of last year. This is we'll go probably go in more depth than this in a different podcast, but we saw a lot of this use of this uh, kind of this money backer role with J. Ron Curse, kind of stepping in there and taking that kind of role from from a, a bar position standpoint and, and doing that covering job. So it's kind of like a, a heavy heavy cornerback, heavy safety set, if you will. Yeah, in the box safety so, yeah. type work. Yep. Um, but yeah, regardless, I mean that was a big surprise to me, and I think it was probably a surprise to the Vikings with kind of how I read some of the reactions and how we had to adapt after that. But it seemed like we weren't expecting Anthony Barr to come in, so we kind of might have had that money slotted for something else. And then all of a sudden, now we need to all of a sudden veer off and redirect, and, and how do we adjust our strategy knowing now that Anthony Barr is back and we just lost like nine million against the cab? I I would almost think it's. A different way of approaching it. You brought Barr back. I mean, it's a familiar unit. Your defense knows each other. I mean, obviously, oh, abs- interview yeah. with Harrison's like having that camaraderie helps a lot too. Absolutely, um, and it, I mean, it's 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 not something where I wanted him to leave, but it makes some of the cat math a lot easier if he does. And I get that, but you, you're getting someone who you know what you're getting. So. Oh, I 100 percent agree. I'm not I'm not mad that he's gone because honestly, replacing that role in Zimmer's defense mm-hmm. is incredibly difficult in one draft. And Zimmer being Zimmer, I think he's going to realize the role that he had him playing last year. He had him caught out of position, and people game planned against that. So, right, we'll see. But, but yeah, um, definitely agree. So good to have him back. Um, a couple other moves here. We cut Mike Remmers. That was not a surprise. <laughs> Mike Remmers at right guard <coughs> is not an experiment I want to try again ever. I think it's probably about the worst guard season I've ever seen from a player. So let's not do that again. To replace him, Josh Klein from Tennessee had a down year. So typically, what I what I preach is you look at the average, not the outlier. So first two years for Josh Klein, he's had pretty solid seasons, and last year he had a down year. There's reports that he was playing injured a lot, which makes a lot of sense. Um, so you look at the average, not the outlier. Same thing with Case Keenum. We saw him revert to his average. First couple years in the league, not great. And then he had the 2017 with the Vikings, and what do you see in 2018? Not great. So go for the average, not the outlier. Mike, any thoughts on Josh Klein signing? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. Um, Klein has made, I, I see here, 46 consecutive starts at right guard, which is the longest active streak among NFL guards. So 
I mean, knock on wood, but he's there from a consistency standpoint. Yep. He's going to be out there on a weekly basis, which uh, has been an issue more so uh, some years than others. But um, certainly a player uh, with that, that experience to get out there, hopefully mesh. Sounds like he loves it here, um, you know, which uh, why wouldn't you with the facilities and everything else. But um, I think that this could be quietly a great signing. And, you know, the hope is that we don't really talk about him a lot this year necessarily right. because that means he's mixing in and things are going well. Right. So the assumption is that you, you keep uh, you keep Brian O'Neill at right tackle, assuming you don't get one of the tackles in the draft that's a plug-and-play guy. Um, you got Josh Klein, right guard, center. We'll get into that a little bit later with, with my thoughts on that. But I um, <clears throat> signed this guy three years, $15.5 million, um, pretty low risk. We can get out of it next year um with only four and a half million dead um so we'd save a million and a half on the cap so i see this as a, a complete win-win if you end up getting a guy in the draft that you think can replace him in two years fine you do that and if he ends up reverting back to his his higher self freaking awesome you just got yourself a, a solid red guard that you can bug and play and then in a couple of years extend them even further yep so uh Happy with that addition. Like I said, none of these are very splashy moves, but it, we don't have a lot to splash with. Um, so, last one we're going to talk about, our boy Dan Bailey's back in the house. Woo! Um, Mike wanted to back up the Brinks truck and give Janet, or no, is it not Jaskowski? Gaskowski. Is, like, is he signed? Yeah, he signed. He signed back with the Pats. But you wanted you wanted to sign him for oh, like seven and a half million per. Back up the wagon. Yeah, you wanted to back up the Brinks truck and give him Anthony Barr's contract. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not quite that crazy, but it is interesting that Bailey's deal is small. Um, it's like one million, wasn't it? With a chance to go to two or something. I'll bring it up here because it's it is not not big, and he doesn't have a lot guaranteed. So he's only got 250k guaranteed, and it's only one million. So that's roughly on par with what we gave Cobra Kai last year before we drafted his replacement, and then we kicked him out. And then we fired his replacement after game three. Do not draft specialists. Ever. If we draft another frickin' kicker in the 2019 draft, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just wait till you hear my draft projections here. You're not going to draft a kicker in 18, Mike. Well, not at 18. Or 50. Well, you get the three deep going at 18. Okay. <laughs> we'll get around to that. But So, Dan Billy's back in the house. I don't, you know, I don't know what to expect with this being such a low deal. Um, I don't know if they're going to try to bring in competition. Like, in the Jets, the former Jets kicker, Ayers, isn't he still out there? There's a couple kickers that are still floating around that I could see possibly us bringing in just for Isn't Robbie Gold camp still leg? out there? No. Robbie Gold there. got uh, franchise tagged. Oh, that's right. I believe, right, Same which is fan. absolutely yeah. insane. Well, uh, your guy you just mentioned, Cobra Kai, I believe, is out there. Um, what do you want to come back here, though? That's the question. Kenton Zero used to kick for Cardinals out there. Cairo uh, yeah. Santos. Yeah, but, Robbie Gold is going to be making $4.97 million this year because he's got franchise tag. I've never seen a kicker get franchise tag. I, I wonder, too, though, if Bailey just is at this point in his career where he thinks there's a shot to win, likes kicking in a dome, likes the facilities, he's got a house, and rather than try to make an extra half million and just go, kind of shoot go through the, the process of moving and everything, you know what, I'll, it, maybe he's just like, yeah, let's do this another year, and I don't know, you never know. But, and it's possible, I mean, we've seen players take less to stay here. Yeah. We've seen Shamar Stefan go off one year and come back because he liked it so much here. 
So, you know, it's kind of a weird feeling that being that wanted destination in Minnesota, but it, it feels like something that's kind of coming around. I mean, some some players obviously have different opinions. Like, um, was it Saffold really wanted to go to Tennessee, which is fine, but it seems more and more as soon as we get guys in the building, they're pretty impressed with what we what we offer. Well, it's a new, I think the state-of-the-art facilities is driving that. And with the NFL, unlike, you know, other sports, NBA, where it's such a long season, um, you know, you play every Sunday, it's still, um, I don't know, I think there's just a little bit more flexibility from a, a living standpoint. Um, yeah, because you only, you only really need to be here six, eight months out of the yeah. year. And even then, it's sometimes it's, it's half time, right, when you're in the off season, right. and you can, if you're not in the Super Bowl, hell, from January to whenever. Right. This is why your franchise drafts kickers. You guys are having a five minute conversation on kickers. We're not, guys talking, love about, them. We're not talking about love kickers them. anymore, Jimmy. We're talking about people wanting to be in Minnesota because it's better than Wisconsin. Bailey is what started that. True, but <laughs> I mean, I am not usually an on-topic guy. I think Sorry, most I hadn't people had a don't understand. Jagged, it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well. What was it? You've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back-to-back, and you only have two rings out of that? Uh, I mean, you got in that time frame. It doesn't matter. We've never had a Hall of Fame quarterback in that time frame. so Sucks us up. I know. That's what we're working on, bud. <laughs> That's what Kirk Cousins is going to be. Hall right, of Fame quarterback? Yeah. You know it, baby. 3D. All right. Moving on. So that, that covers Minnesota's um, off-season moves and acquisitions. That covers the entirety of the NFC North. Gentlemen, it is time to talk. Some draft strategy. You ready? You ready, Jimmy? You don't look ready. You don't look ready. I'm ready. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. Mike, you ready? you ready? Are you here? I threw them all. Okay. We're going to start with overall. I just figured we'd, we'd touch on a little bit of overall because we've seen some weird stuff going on. Okay. So especially with the Cardinals. Are they going to draft Kyler Murray? It's... It's smoke screens for me, I think. Um, you don't think they're drafting Kyler Murray? You think they're going Bosa? No, I can see them doing either, but I mean, I think they're well, What just, do you think they're going to do? They're downplaying Kyler so much that... Well, what, what do you think they're going to do? See who what the, what people are willing to offer. If someone really likes Bosa or if yeah, someone... If no one offers them something they want to take, what are they going to do? I think it's Murray. I, I would guess Murray. Because um, then he can trade Josh Rosen. He's no, on the second year I of his deal. I take that back. Mike talked me into it. I would say Bosa. I, I think they're going to go Bosa. I don't know. I, I just think it, you've got sources that are, you know, guys that do this, and not even using Kuiper, but other people that are saying it's a ninety-nine point nine percent chance that they're taking Murray, and they're getting that information from somewhere. I understand. I, that I, I just, I just see that as the connection is so strong, man. It is. It's been seven years. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it makes sense, and if that's who they want, and the, I don't know. They're accumulating. You have to teams. trade Rosen then. Well, yeah, but but you don't have to do that because you have a you have a full day between round one and round two. Yeah. So you have that full day to where you can decide. Okay, we got Josh Rosen. What do you guys want for him? Miami. What do you want? You know. What are you gonna give us? What are you gonna give us? Giants. I mean. Giants. Yep. Giants would be in play for that. Would the Giants give up pick six for Rosen? <sighs> That's tough. Because then that's a no-brainer for Arizona, I feel like, right? You get, pick up you get, one and six, you and you get Kyler your, your, your and, yeah. guy? Absolutely. I, that would be a little bit tough. I think that would happen. What, what's the other Giants pick? Oh, they're in the teens, I believe, somewhere. I could see 23. that. 23. I, I could um, see it 23. 
Yeah, I would see that more like because Rosen didn't necessarily like the six. On fire, six so. is rough. I could see twenty three. I could see if, if if you're drafting Murray. Well, what was he seven? Was he seven last year? Rosen. Yeah. That's uh, that sounds pretty. Late. That sounds pretty close. Yeah. So if if your pick is Kyler Murray one, <laughs> you have five picks to make that trade with uh, Green Bay or not Green Bay, uh, the Giants. That's plenty of time to figure that out. And I, I think if they're to offer straight up twenty three, twenty three, right? Yeah. Twenty straight up twenty three for uh, Josh Rosen. I think you take that. What if the Giants? And that's really, fine. Found money. What if the Giants really want Kyler and they'll move? They'll switch six and other picks to get one. I think I, I think I have to be blown away. If you're really sold on Kyler, I don't think there's anything that that can really unsell you unless you get like four first round picks out of it. It's one of those things where if that's your guy, you take your guy. From a quarterback standpoint, I yeah, it, okay. I I don't think anything can sway you if that's their guy. He thinks Cliff Kingsbury. If he thinks that's the guy that he can ride and and go places with and do like a Russell Wilson in two years, get a Super Bowl contender going. Well, look at Baker last year. I mean, look at how much that franchise has right turned around and the optimism for them. I mean, it's right. So, so if if you think that's your guy, I think you there's nothing that's going to talk you out of it unless it's like. Here's two players. Here's four first round picks. Give me the pick, I, and I just don't see that happening. So I think those are going to be the first two. Um, I think it's going to be Murray, and then Bosa. I think will go at Here, two. Here's what I'd like to see with Bosa. I'd like to see the Chargers trade up and grab Bosa. <laughs> Bosa bookends. Bosa, Bosa, baby. How sweet would that be? It'd be pretty cool, right? You have Bosa them. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay. All right. Good night, everyone. Yeah, what about Quentin Williams? Uh, I mean... No, it'll be fun. Any, any thoughts on him? I, I mean, I've heard comparisons I, to, like, a... You know, to be honest with you... type disruptive guy. I haven't really looked into it much because there's not a freaking shade of a chance the Vikings ever get to touch him. So there's not really much oh, I've read no. into him. I know he's mocked really high up in that range, so... I, I mean... It's kind of the... Those are the top three, and then it, it kind of goes down after that is everything I've kind of looked into. So right, yeah, I think I mean Josh Allen is consistently in that top five. Yeah, um, yeah. Some people have Ed Oliver consistently in that top five, but I've also seen him at nine. I've also seen him at eighteen, and, and that's what so. I'm saying. Like, I mean, yeah, Kyler Murray. I've heard, seen a couple weird drafts where he falls, but like those three are your your consensus top three that I see across. The yeah, board. I think Murray, Bosa, Quinn, Williams, and, and I think I'll throw Josh Allen into that mix. I think they are four of the, the top five, six consensus players without question um, in this draft. Right. Yeah, it, it's going to be initially in the top of this draft for sure. Um, I don't know why the Giants didn't take their quarterback last year, honestly. Well, I, mean, I guess you can't really yeah, but take one. I know, but... I'm not changing that pick. In hindsight, right now, I'm not changing that pick. No, I, I'm with Mike on this one. I mean... In hindsight, after year one, yeah, I'm not changing the pick. But Barkley looks like the real deal. Yeah, but how many running backs have you seen that look like the real deal? Like that longevity of a kind. Not like that career. I don't know. I'm in. I'm in on Barkley. I don't think they. I I think they they did it right. I think they should have probably got rid of Eli and made a different made a change there somewhere, whether it be Teddy or something like that. Hundred percent. But anyway. yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting top top of the draft for sure. Um, what else do I have here? So there was this idea for a while that all these 
defensive tackles are going to start to slide. I don't really buy much into that. I think there's a lot of need ahead of at least the Vikings pick. I mean, you can. Somebody's going to be there. I mean, every draft NFL lineman hop up and get drafted ahead of their projections. Right. Almost every year. I mean, I, I could see one of them being for Green, being there for Green Bay at twelve. But I mean, you look at after Green Bay, you get Miami, Falcons, Redskins, Panthers, um, Giants again. I mean, those are all teams that could use a tackle, especially, especially. I mean, Panthers lost Matt Khalil. That is a void that not many people can fill. Yeah, put a turnstile out there. I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That void can be filled relatively easily, but they need an upgrade. I just think that the you know the tackles and the offensive linemen, um, they, they kind of have this vibe as like a safe pick, right? Yep. Fan bases are like, oh yeah, we got this guy with a first rounder, but well, it's 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 like Matt Kalula at four. That was that was the safest pick there, and I don't think anyone would argue that that was the correct pick. But I don't know. It's it's not a sexy pick. But that's where you know teams like you mentioned Carolina. I agree, they can use some depth there, but. If they have other guys that can be a little bit more impactful and maybe have that that splash to them, you know, there's just there's so much that goes into these picks. I mean, the jersey sales and thing. You know, not a lot of people are going to buy the, well, the offensive lineman jersey, but okay. if you can get a guy that you know. To be fair, and I think I think you understand this. I, I mean, I think you're just kind of joking a little bit with jersey sales, but. If you're drafting based on jersey sales, I'm, you're I'm, probably yeah. failing. But I'm just saying yeah. it's no, yeah. There's, <laughs> Sometimes I think they they they'll take a chance on you know maybe maybe it's a defensive end it's a linebacker it's someone that's going to have yeah, a little the, bit more flash take take a chance on the upside turn yep. into like a real impact player you know a game changer if you will yep not a lot of offensive linemen that we describe as as uh, you know elite game changers and if the ones that are your casual NFL fan probably doesn't know the name you know true yeah yeah that's true so. Well, name one right now. Who's a, who's a game changer at offensive line? Yeah. Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> In the NFL. Garrett Bradbury. We'll get to that later. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't really buy it that, it, that it's going to slide too much myself. I don't think we're, I don't think at least the Vikings at 18 are going to have a pick at one of the top three tackles at all. I just don't see it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm more with like the upside of the skill positions there. I mean, yeah. best player available to an extent, but how often do you, you find like the middle tier linemen are the ones that stay? I I would argue the Packers' best offensive lineman was our fifth round pick, David Bakhtiari. Which happens a surprisingly that's, amount. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, you got we were talking about earlier, Klein. I'm pretty sure he was undrafted. Signed he was, with the yeah. signed with the Patriots, and then I mean, so I feel like that's more of a a plug and play type thing. You can find guys that you can teach the system to. Versus a freak athlete that's going to change a game. Right. Well, it's just like what they said about Daniel Hunter when we drafted him. Um, Mike Mayock actually said this, which we'll touch on here in a second, but he was he doesn't really know technique, but he's just an absolute monster of an athlete. Yeah. So if you can find someone that can teach him the technique, he can absolutely destroy. And luckily enough, we have Patterson as our D-line coach who taught him some pretty damn good technique, and he absolutely destroys. I mean, that's not foolproof. I mean, there's definitely been flops at freak athletes. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, Tony Mandrich. Yeah, there's. It, it all depends on your development. And if you have confidence in your development and you want to spend a pick on that guy high, sure, let's go. But anyway, we're getting off track here. So, any team you see surprised straight up into like top five? 
I yeah I I think Trade I don't up. think turn it up in like the, top five. I don't think the tackles no. will slide. I think there's going to be a lot of trades. I'm actually I mean I don't agree with that pick. I think the Vikings are going to have access to two if not all three of them. Really? Um, I don't I think, think top a lot five. of teams are going to trade back. Green Bay I don't think picks at twelve. I don't know that Cincinnati picks at eleven. I um, I don't think the first trade if not I don't know the Buffalo picks at nine. Before I, that, I, I, I could see the, San Fran trading though. Detroit the, at eight. I think, yeah, the, I don't think, I think the Lions trade. That's that's one I would throw out there. I, I think. Yeah. I think the Giants stay pat at six. Um, I think maybe they're a guy I've seen them tied to a lot is Dwayne Haskins. Actually, yeah, they're definitely gonna pick at six. They will probably move up to four, pay some stupid price, and well, pick Oakland. a guy that would have been there at fifteen. Oakland. Well, it's better. just like Cleveland trading. I think a third round pick to move up from four to three to do it draft Trent Richardson before Khalil. I, I know the Jets want to trade back too. So I mean, they've been talking about that. They want to. They want to trade back yeah. game pick. So I think three. Eight are are going to be available. Yeah, I see fireworks. I think teams are going to be moving up and down because you have so many teams that are supposedly pretty well rounded. Look at um, Green Bay's got a lot of versatility with where they could pick. Detroit has a lot of versatility with where they could pick. Um, why wouldn't you move back at that point? It, yeah. it seems like a no brainer. And if you have a front office that understands that, I think you're going to see a lot of moves. The the problem with you saying the Packers are going to trade back at twelve, we already have ten picks. How many do you want? I mean. It, well, it, but it, it's not necessarily always for this year's draft capital. I would be happy with if you trade for future, sure. Yeah, I mean, at some point. Because it, it, you could also see, okay, they trade back 12, they pick up, it's like a 3 and a 4, then they pick at, um, what are they at, 30? Maybe they jump into like 28 and upgrade their second rounder to another third, and they end up with three third-round picks. Vikings Dream, have done that before. Dream scenario, they move back to 17 and take Bradbury. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> I, I, and Green Bay specifically, and we'll get into it here team by team, but I, I don't think they're going to move that far back from 12. It might only be a couple spots, but I think I just, I just think they might slide a little bit and, and pick up something. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's indicative, or, you know, last year's uh, draft, I think it's definitely a possibility. Sure. All right. So before we get into the MC North, one last thing, Mike Mayock, one of my favorite draft analysts now. Yeah. GM for Oakland. Sad for you. So I'm not going to be able to watch him on the TV, which sucks. But is it on NFL Network? Is that the draft? Or is it ES- ESPN got it? I don't know. Uh, it Last what? year opening, like the first round, it was different. Was it multiple channels last year? Well, they probably, or do they have... Well, now it's only one, one, isn't it? Or they they might still do that, but um, regardless... I'd like um, to watch the Good Morning Football crew do the draft. That'd be fun. That'd be super awesome. My man, Nate Burleson. Yeah. My boy right there. Uh, um, ABC. I'll be on ABC this year. There you go. Okay. But, yeah, Mike Mayock, he's GM in the Raiders, which apparently they dismissed all their scouting staff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, but you know what? They trust issues. You know, I'm fine with Mike Mayock running a draft completely solo. He's a pretty astute draft mind. I think he's been well, right a lot more often than he's been wrong in the draft. Not just with him, but like with them dismissing it. If him and Gruden are agreeing on things, yep. then, yeah, let him run with it. Who cares? Gruden's got a 10-year ticket. doesn't matter. God, Oakland is a dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, are they, though? I mean... If they draft well... Are they, though? Did you see Amari Cooper after the trade? Yeah, but did you see him before the trade? good. Did you see him before the trade? Sometimes it's just the player needs to change the scenery. And Derek Carr is not my guy. All right? I would draft a quarterback to replace Derek Carr. Oh, my God. If, I was, if, if they make an offer for one and get Kyler Murray... I'm doing that all day. If you send if I'm a strongly open. worded email to Gruden. He'll probably hire you. 
probably all it takes. Yeah, just like, I, I don't know. Kind of doubt it, but I, I could try. You know, I could be a rude grinder. God. Anyway, so Detroit, their draft strategy. Trade back. Yeah. Fa- uh, get, get trade back and they get need, one of the fancy TEs. Well, I mean, I will say that obviously, if if you've been listening to draft stuff, I think anywhere, <laughs> um, the TJ Hawkinson, the tight end we're talking about here um, from Iowa, is rapidly rising right now, um, and there's talks of him going. At seven, at eight, uh, there's talks to the Vikings if he's interested at 18, um, all over the board. So I think if Detroit has that as their guy, maybe you see them draft him there. Otherwise, I'm with Jimmy. If they don't have a guy that falls, you know, maybe an Oliver or someone falls to them where they think it's, hey, this is an elite talent. But if I'm them, I've got maybe a handful of guys, mm-hmm. if that, that they deemed elite, elite talent. If they're there, take them. Otherwise, I'm... I'm moving back, um, and I'm trying to acquire assets, especially in this division. Unless they're in love with Oliver, I don't even see Oliver at eight as being a, a falling down. I mean, I kind of think that's his draft value based on other people in it. I think you still take him there if you're Detroit, though. If you're high on him, and I, I know they need defense. Um, I think a guy they've been tied to is Josh Allen. If he falls, they're not going to let him slip up. Uh, Devin White's another name I've seen thrown out there with Detroit. So they need defense. Um, I think they just need... They need more picks, yeah. personally, because um, they have they do have a few few holes. Unless I'm gentlemen, though, like really, it's Detroit. Does what they do this weekend really matter? I'm telling you, I think you're I think you're oversleeping on Detroit. Their off season people really liked uh, a fair amount, and I mean I don't know I I wouldn't sleep that much on them. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win the division, but I don't think that they're that far off to being a competent football team. I, I think they move back to the, the end of round one, pick up another two or three, like around two or three. They get ten solid picks then. I think a guy at 18, not that you guys are trade up, but like a, a guy Possibly. in the, in the late teens, far, um, I think would add value to them at the same same rate. And then they gain another two picks out of it. I don't yeah. know. I think they drop back. That's if you if you put me a life on the line. What are they doing? They're not they're not picking at eight. Um, I think they could fall back into even the twenties. Yeah, and they have nine picks, but two are two are in six and two are in seven. So yeah. I mean, which you can find diamonds in the rough, but that's not going to change your team. Yeah, I, you know, Chicago. Are we doing that at a later show since we'll be able to record before they pick again? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> 87. 87. Oh, man, Chicago. How many draft picks do they even have this year? They have 3, 4, 5, 7, 7. 3, 4, 5, 7, 7. Yeah, so they'll be at 87 and then 126. Woo! Man, they better not run into a lot of injury depth. You, you, know, what, you know what's sickening, by the, the way? Just, just, just to put this out there, New England Patriots have 12 picks in this draft. Yeah. They have two third-rounders from comp picks. Also, their highest pick in a fair amount of time, right? Aren't they picking at like 14 for, through a traded pick, did I see? Uh, 16, 14? New England, yeah. I think uh, from Chicago they got the pick. Chicago? Yeah. It could be crazy. I thought I saw that somewhere. Not quite that high. Um, well, Chicago would have been in. But yeah, New England is just, God, they, 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 they do this thing, and some teams are starting to catch on to it now. They, they, they sign these guys to one-year contracts. Guys that are on the upper end, like kind of what we, what we did with Sheldon Richardson. Trey Flowers, he went to Detroit. They got a right. comp pick for him. Right, so they, they sign these guys on one-year deals, and then 
they they don't sign them after that. They these guys go and sign massive contracts with other teams, and they get the comp picks. It's it's just it's super smart. Brilliant. I don't know how more people haven't figured this out. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we didn't really talk about with Chicago. They don't really have enough draft capital to do much. Not this year and next year even. I mean, Chicago. They're they're adding depth. They're not picking a starter at three. I don't right. think so. Yeah. Nope. Which will be their downfall, but you know that's where we are. And that's a team too. I think we mentioned their first is out flat, uh, next year. Um, so this this could be a team that again, even though they don't have a lot of picks, may try to acquire a few more and still may make some moves as well this year in the draft just to sure. try to re- acquire a few more picks. Just to try to get bodies in there yeah. that are in the talent pool. So that or they may be busy in free agency. They could be picking up the people we mentioned earlier that are still out there. So true, very possible. Um, but anyway, so let's move on to Green Bay. Four again, Jimmy. <laughs> 